0: I'm Patrick John Pflueger, and you're listening to Meet Us at Molly's.
1: you're standing next to me, are family? And to me, there's nothing more important. Not going to be all sunshine and roses, but I can promise it's going to be a hell of a ride.
0: everybody welcome to episode 117 of meet us at molly's it is season premiere night season premiere night these are the season premieres you just watched and i feel like we should sound happier because hey season premieres but like ouch that was a really hard three hours
1: my heart hurts oh
0: yeah oh my heart is killing me i yeah
1: that was i ow yeah I'm kind of still at a loss for words. Well, I mean, well, I have a lot of feelings, so it'll all come out. I'm sure in the pod, but like my heart hurts so much. Yeah.
0: Like, I kind of want to say like that was awful, but like that was awful in that, like, you know, I feel like we just got like beat up.
1: Yeah. I mean, Derek said it best for fire, but I feel like it encapsulates all of them. Like that was brutal and devastating. And like, yeah, it,
0: Yeah absolutely so we're just gonna dive right in we don't have any news obviously but we are just gonna like jump in and go and we are gonna go in order so we're gonna start off with med and Mm -hmm. let's start off with the mansteads because I mean let's start off with the mansteads um it's where we left off in season four so we start off and Will runs in with Nat in his arms and it's just like the promo picture and it's sad and you're just like don't touch them and we immediately meet the new guy
1: Dr. Marcel
0: Dr. Marcel I didn't I wasn't crazy about him in this episode like he kind of seems like a robot almost
1: I think what for me doesn't make total sense is that like so we're supposed to just uh, believe and assume that he's been there the whole time seeing as this picks up exactly moments after season four ended so, like, he was he was essentially around Med the whole time and, like, was in the ED the night this happened. Or, like, the night the season four finale happened. Maybe
0: he's from, like, a different shift or something.
1: Well, they say he's, like, a fellow and stuff like that or whatever. But, like, still, like, it's just, I don't know. Like, to me, I would have rather him, if they were going to bring him in, like, bring him in. Like, you know, like, let us meet him as the other ones are meeting him for the first time. Like, to me, this was just not as believable to me
0: yeah I'm with you on that I wonder if they're gonna save that for the following episodes now that Connor's gone
1: I guess but like I don't know I just still feel like the fact that he was already working with Elsa and things like that I was like oh but like I don't know I guess to me like when new characters come in I'd kind of like to see like new characters like come in Mm -hmm. like and have some kind of sort of introduction and like I don't know. It was just hard for me to believe that, like, everyone kind of knew him or had, like, worked with him or, like, I don't know. Like, to me, it was just like, okay. Well, I don't know. It didn't, like, have the same effect to me personally. Right. And I think
0: part of it, too, is that there were so many other things going on that it was just, like, it was like he was in the way. Like, the characters we already know were doing so much and they were all in different states of, you know, chaos or whatever that it was like, okay, I don't have time to get to know you. Like, stay in the corner. Just, like, we'll talk later.
1: Right. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying is like he was already kind of integrated into the action without really anything. And then, like you said, he was kind of at the bottom of the totem pole just because there was so much else happening. And I was just like, I don't know. I didn't think it was as strong. I mean, I, may, I think I'm, I think there's enough there for me to be excited about maybe what's to come. And I think maybe down the line, depending on what happens with this character, I think I could be excited about him. Mm-hmm. But like this was not the way to get me there. It was a bad first impression. Let's put it that way. Yeah. There's still room for improvement, but it was a bad first impression. Yeah,
0: exactly. It was, yeah, I'll go, yeah, I'll be with you on that one. I'm with you on that one. Yeah, I mean, the next couple episodes, you know, I'm sure we'll get to know him more. It's just this first one, there was so much going on that I just couldn't even deal with him, so. Um, And I mean, he didn't do anything, like, that would tell me, oh, hey, he's an asshole, or hey, he's great, whatever. He just was there, but it was just like, okay, not now. Well, Like, we'll deal with you later.
1: And I feel like, I mean, granted, you wouldn't really know this unless you read, like, the deadline castings and things like that. But, like, I didn't really feel like he fit the mold of the character description yet. The character description is all about, you know, racism to the, uh, you know, a night at the hospital after, like, a night of partying and blah, blah, blah. Like, like we said, like, very TC from the night shift. Mm -hmm. And to me, this is just another ED doc.
0: Maybe that's the kind of thing, like, when they brought in Dr. Charles and in the backdoor pilot, he was, like, smoking marijuana and stuff. And now on med, he's, like, prim and proper and, you know, Dr. Charles and, like, wise.
1: Maybe. I don't know. Like I said, I I mean, I'm curious, but it was not my favorite, like, way to have met him.
0: Bingo. Yeah. And I'm sure, you know, in the next couple episodes, they'll develop him more. We'll get to know him more. And we'll see. But, meh. I give it a solid myth so far. So Yeah. Agree. Poor Will will not leave Natalie's side because of course he won't. I mean, you know, whatever. But he's so woozy. He's in love with her. Oh, he's totally in love with her. Totally in love with her. But yeah, he's so woozy (laughs) Mm -hmm. that Elsa and another nurse like have to take him to another room. And it's just Like, I I totally forgot about Philip in these opening couple minutes. I completely, like, he was out of sight, out of mind for me until he showed up. And then I was like, oh, damn it. I forgot about
1: him. Well, and they haven't really, like, done any, like, promotion of him. Like, I don't think he's really posted on his social media that he's, like, been on set. And, like, like I kind of didn't even know if he was coming back. I mean, I think it kind of made the most sense because he proposed to Natalie. So, like, I feel like he was going to have to come back for at least one episode. (laughs) But, like... He hasn't been like posting about it. So I just kind of forgot until it happened. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then he shows up and it's literally just like, oh, why are you here? And he's there to be a crazy lying liar who lies, basically. I know. Brian is palming. He's the fucking worst. He really is, though. And then when he looks at Dr. Marcel and he's like, she's my fiance. She most certainly is not.
1: No, she did not say anything. I mean granted she didn't say no either, but she definitely did not say yes.
0: <laughs> she didn't say anything. So right. nothing was not a yes. Right. It's yeah. Oh the fucking worst. Yeah. It and we'll get into we'll get into more later. So yeah. Um not your fiance, Philip. Not. So the whole squad rallies and Goodwin just kind of updates them. You know, Will has a few rib fractures, but Natalie has a head injury. Um When Dr. Charles tries to check on Will and like there's nothing even said, Will just shakes his head from behind the glass like my heart. Poor Will.
1: I know. Poor baby Will.
0: He's such a puppy baby, dog.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Just,
0: <sighs> yeah. So Natalie has what's, quote, unquote, a typical organ injury. Sounds minor, but for some reason she won't wake up. But like a typical organ injury. That's a new one.
1: Yeah, I've never heard. I mean, I've never heard them say that. Let's put it that way.
0: Yeah, I've never really heard like of that, you know.
1: I mean, I guess what they're just trying to say is that, you know, like, obviously something's probably rattled around after a car accident, especially one where you get, like, knocked out into the street or into the parking or into the ground. Mm -hmm. But so, like, something I'm sure is, like, oh, probably, like, your organs are bruised. Obviously, nothing's, like, bleeding. But, like, I guess that caused her to not wake up. Uh,
0: Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. So, And this just circles back with like the new doctor. He's just literally just like relaying facts this episode. Like nothing bad. He's just kind of like, here's what's happening. Moving on. So it's not bad. It's just kind of, eh, whatever. So Will visits Nat and it's just, just my heart. I'm like, they drive us crazy.
1: But don't mess with with her. Oh my God. He's so in love with her.
0: So hardcore in love with her. So hardcore. And he grabs her hand and he's like, I'm so sorry, Natalie. And. It's all perfect until Philip comes in.
1: Fucking Philip.
0: Oh, my God. Fucking Philip. Yeah. And Philip just, like, unloads on Will. And he's just like, haven't you done enough? Like, how do you sleep at night? And then he's like, Natalie and I are engaged. And Will just goes, what? Like, same, (laughs) Will. Same.
1: Yeah. I just... Philip in this scene really got on my nerves. It's like, dude, I know... Natalie's probably told him a lot obviously about their past relationship and whatever and the fact that she was engaged to Will and then kind of almost went straight to Philip but whatever that's a whole different conversation Mm -hmm. but like dude Philip you weren't actually around for those days like stop judging Will just stop.
0: Well that and he's gone from like he went from like zero to like effing crazy in like two episodes.
1: Right. He, he also went, like, full Lifetime movie killer stalker vibes in, like, no time.
0: Absolutely. And then what about when he's like, see for yourself? He put the fucking ring on her finger. She's unconscious. And he slipped the ring on.
1: Yeah. Well, and it's funny because I think it's Dr. Marcel. He, like, obviously notices her hand beforehand and then, like, later, like, notices her hand. And he's like, I don't know. That wasn't there beforehand. And Philip's like, no, yes, it was. <laughs> and it's like, what? Yeah. Who
0: are you, dude? Marcel's like, we would have removed it. Yeah. But then he does like, nothing. Like, I feel like that would have been a good way to put him in our good graces as if he had been like, um, that ring was not on Natalie's finger. This guy's a psycho.
1: Right. But I guess it's also, too, at that point, like, Marcel doesn't know anything. So, like, he doesn't know that, like, Philip is creepy as hell and, like, you know, just started dating Natalie and Natalie will have a path. Like, he doesn't know anything because he hasn't been around. Oh, my God. I so he think she's been... He thinks he knows stuff because he's been around. I I don't don't know. Whatever.
0: He put the ring on her finger and she's unconscious.
1: Oh, yeah. I have more feelings, but we'll we'll wait
0: until we get there. I just can't wrap my head around that. Like, how is that? In what world is that a good
1: idea? In his world. He crazy. his delusional little world. Oh, my God.
0: So up on the roof, Connor and Will have a bro sesh. We wanted... Sessions between them for all these seasons, and we get it in Connor's last episode. I'm not bitter. In the
1: last 42 minutes.
0: I'm not bitter at all. Totally bitter. So, up on the roof, you know, Will's very stubborn because he's clearly injured, but, you know, he's just like, I'm fine, I swear. So, they're talking about Philip, and, you know, Will's just like, I never liked the guy, but I'm not exactly unbiased, whatever. So then Will buckles and Connor's like, no, we need to go downstairs and like, you need a chest CT. And it's a pneumothorax, just like Connor thought, which from all the medical shows I watch, I just know that that's bad.
1: Yeah, because Connor is smart. He is smart. He is smart. smart.
0: But yeah, instead of a chest tube, Will convinces him to do some random thing that would like keep him from being admitted because he just doesn't want to be at the hospital anymore. Can't really blame him. So later on, Natalie's awake. And she doesn't remember that she's engaged to Philip, even though like she's not engaged to Philip. She doesn't remember him asking her to marry him.
1: Cause, duh. Yes. Cause it does. It never happened. I mean, but like, yeah, duh. It's just. Oh my god. This. I think that's where I more bothers me is that like you're gonna take advantage of some poor girl who has clearly gone through a lot mm-hmm. in the last, you know. I don't know how long time's passed, but five hours or so. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's just not cool. So not cool. It's, dude. Like, why do you want to start your life off like that? I feel like I in that situation. I like a manipulative person, but still.
0: Yeah, I feel like in that situation, the right thing to do would be, like, not to worry about the engagement at that time.
1: Right. Like, if you really were concerned... You would have shown that right away. It's kind of like what you know. Connor had at one point brought up, and I think Ethan too. Like you know, the first oh no, it was Connor. Connor like when he you know he makes a comment. He's like, when I took his daughter in for surgery, he wasn't as concerned about that. He was more concerned about the engagement ring. Mm-hmm. And it's like, dude, get your priorities straight. Oh yeah, big time, big time.
0: And, I mean, it's a little problematic when you really think about it. It is that he's almost using this accident as a way to, like, call dibs on her.
1: Yeah. That's disturbing. Like, she's definitely mine. And, like, know anyway, it's just to make sure. It's also just a way to make sure he gets what he wants. Because he she uh, probably, I um, um, don't know Natalie, but, like, she probably would have said no.
0: Yeah. No, she absolutely and- would have said no.
1: And so this is the way he gets what he wants. I
0: cannot wait for the episode when Will punches him. Should we officially start the pool as to what episode that will be?
1: Yeah. Um, Hmm. No, it can't be four. Cause four is the crossover. Um,
0: I'm going mid season finale. Oh, you're
1: going that far.
0: I think they're going to, I think Phillip's going to be around for a minute.
1: Yeah, I'm thinking like maybe six or seven. I don't know what number the midseason finale. We've what we if we assume mid season finale is like nine or ten. I'm gonna give it like seven. We'll say episode seven. I feel like
0: Derek mentioned that the mid season for Fire is nine.
1: Well, yeah, mid season finales I feel like typically are nine or ten. So, so. Hmm.
0: Yeah, I hope Will punches him and gets his money's worth.
1: Yes, please. Mm -hmm. I'm here for it. I'm ready. So ready. Just bring it on.
0: Yeah. But then what is this scene between Will and Elsa at the end? Because Will is like really mean to her the whole episode. He's snapping at her. She's just like, I'm just trying to like keep you from not dying. I don't know. Uh, (laughs) And then, I mean, and obviously it's nothing malicious why he's snapping at her. He's snapping at her because of all the stuff that's going on. It's nothing personal. But there's the part where she, he's like, I don't want to be here anymore. And Elsa's like, you're not, like, leaving, leaving, are you? And Will's just like, why would you ask me that? And he's like, no, like, I'll be back. But what was was that just to set up Connor's exit? What, what was that? That was weird.
1: Yeah, I almost feel like it was some kind of, like, reverse Connor something. Like, this almost should have been a conversation, like, with Connor. Not, obviously, with Elsa, but, like, that connor somebody should have had with connor like i don't i don't know like it felt weird it did feel really
0: weird and for elsa to ask that before anybody knew anything about
1: connor like was it was odd yeah i don't know the whole it was weird it was it it was weird yeah, that's all I could say. It was weird.
0: Yeah, I don't know what the purpose of that was, but that was weird. Unless, like, are we trying to set up some sort of, like, friendship, mentorship between Will and Elsa this season? Because, I mean, that'll be cool. I'm here for that. But it was just kind of odd with no context.
1: But it's also, too, like, what is your first thought? I Again, kind of like you said, it's weird that this happened really before anyone knew any, that Connor was, like, leaving, leaving. Because, like, okay, like, what what prompted her to ask him that? Cause Mm -hmm. like, obviously he's going to go home and get some rest, but like, did she really think like, what was so, what happened to him was so traumatic that he may not come back to med? Like, I don't know. It just doesn't make sense to me. If anything, like you said, like it, this should have just been a conversation that someone had with Connor because Connor at least like watched, well, we'll get there, (laughs) but like Connor watched what happened to him happen, like watched it happen in front of his face and like. I don't know I didn't think I mean obviously what happened to Will was very traumatic but not in the same way of like to not come back to your job eventually I don't know
0: right and so we leave off with the Mansteads and Will is leaving and he sees Natalie with Philip and just I mean you're telling me that like she's awake and he can't even go say hi to her yeah that's just messed up
1: it's heartbreaking
0: it's so heartbreaking
1: it, yeah, it's, it's heartbreaking. And I mean, I think he could have, I mean, obviously Philip probably wouldn't have liked it. It's not like, it's not like Will is forbidden from seeing her, but like, I think also Will loves her so much deep down that like, if she's happy enough to have gotten engaged again, he doesn't want to mess with it.
0: No, but I think Will is going to remember not seeing a ring on her finger in the car or something. And then just being like, this isn't right.
1: Right. But I think, I think that'll happen later on. Mm-hmm. But like in that moment, if she really wants to be with Philip air quotes, like wants to be with Philip, then like he wants her to have that moment, especially after she just woke up, you know, whatever. Right. This is, so
0: we're already like off to a messy start. It's great. Uh, yep. It's also worth mentioning Ray price is alive. What? Or not Ray price. Uh, the, who's the guy who, the guy who hit them with the car. Uh, Ray price is PD.
1: Uh, the, what's his name? <laughs> yeah, this
0: one. I don't know.
1: Uh, Tim. Tim. Tim.
0: Tim. I thought his last name was Price. It's not? I don't think so. Whatever. um Yeah, Tim is alive. Like, he survived that hit. I don't, I mean, yeah, dear Lord. So, I wonder what's going to happen if he's going to go to jail or if he's going to well, be around. Well, they
1: came and took him away. He Did was they? like, arrest, they like, arrest him. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: They made a point to tell us that he was alive, so... I don't know if that's going to come back around.
1: No, but I think it's just hopefully showing that, like, he's finally behind bars and, like, good riddance to this storyline <laughs> or this aspect of the storyline.
0: Yeah, I mean, good riddance, but also, like, you know, the, the scars are there for Will. This poor thing. I mean, knowing Will, I wonder if he's going to be racked with guilt all over again about this whole thing. I don't know. I don't know. It's crazy. Yeah. Phillip's crazy. Okay. So wrecker. And this is like probably the last time that we're going to cover wrecker.
1: I mean, on the one hand, thank God. On the other hand, just because of one half of wrecker, I'm like sad. Yeah, absolutely.
0: So we start off with that water. Hey, Kev. Missed you. How are you? What's going on? And Kevin comes in to question both Connor and Ava about Cornelius and his death. But then he like zeroes right in on Connor and Cornelius and their relation, like the relationship. And the first thing Kevin says, he's like, well, you blame him for your mother's suicide. Excuse you, Kevin.
1: I had so many flashbacks to Justice 102, except like
0: reverse. Reverse. Yeah, this is Kevin's revenge.
1: But like I had those flashbacks and I was not okay. Mm -mm. I was like, Kevin, what the fuck? Right. These are
0: your people. Like, don't zero in on like sensitive issues and just like exploit them. Like, it's
1: Connor. Like, it's Connor. And, like, someone did this to you. Like, I don't know. Like, I just, I had all these flashbacks. And I was like, what? Are we just supposed to pretend that justice never happened? Yeah, I do. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Like, I,
0: I don't know. And him zeroing right in on his mother's suicide. That's, like, somebody coming in and just, like, like, zeroing right in on, like, your most sensitive, most raw, like, insecurity, thing you hate to talk about. It's like just punching somebody right in the heart. Like Right. That's Connor's Achilles heel and he zeroes right in on it.
1: Yeah. It, yeah. Kevin. I, just, I don't know. I I hated this. I hated this scene. And then right as he's
0: leaving, Kevin's like, "Well, I respect you. You save a lot of lives around here. Just got to make sure you
1: didn't take one." Kevin! It's the same exact thing again. I understand that we all pretend justice didn't happen that justice is not a chapter in what Chicago. Right. But it did happen. And like the fact that Kevin literally did the same thing to someone else that someone did to him and that he hated, I just I I don't get it. Uh, I hate it. And maybe I hate part of that scene.
0: is just them doing their jobs is that they have to kind of like flip that switch of like okay, well these are not my people anymore. I just have to do my job, but also like Kevin, jeez.
1: Well, there's a way to handle I understand that he has to do his job, but there's a way to handle it. Right. And, like, that was kind of the thing with justice, too. It's, like, I get that they had to do their job, and, like, Atwater clearly could have been a suspect. Mm-hmm. But, like, you kind of have to handle it properly. Yeah. And this is not handling it properly, and that was not handling it properly. That was not nice. I- oh, nice. I hated this. So-
0: hated it. Connor storms into the locker room and flat out accuses Ava of killing his father. And I mean, I at least we're finally, like, getting honest and cutting right to the chase, I guess. But, you know, there's a point where, like, he blocks her from leaving. It's not a good look. And then immediately Ava's like, tell us, Connor, with your father gone, how much do you stand to inherit? 20 million? 100 million? Even worse look. Even worse.
1: Yeah, but, like... Connor didn't do it. like, I don't know. Connor didn't do it. Like he's innocent. Like I just, you know that like someone who is smart and clearly did do it is going to play that angle.
0: It just, you know how they say like absence makes the heart grow fonder. That's not the case here. Like Connor and Ava fights are still exhausting.
1: Oh my God. The fucking worst.
0: Just still
1: exhausting. I will not miss that. I will not miss that.
0: I will not either. No, I won't. So, Thankfully, Latham was kind of like eavesdropping in the background. And so Latham just kind of informs Connor. He's like, you know, Ava's filed a former, a formal complaint against you with HR, which like, hey, I get that. Like he put his hands on her. That's not. No. No. No,
1: definitely on. Definitely on par with that. Yeah. Yeah. right there.
0: So he also Latham also can't believe that, you know, Connor would accuse her of murder and that Ava would do that. I mean, oh, Latham. Whatever. Um, and so Connor immediately is like, Dr. Latham, like, you can still be a surgeon. You can be a fine surgeon and have issues.
1: And then Ooh. I know, Ooh. I know that was like and then Latham has it look and Connor's like, I didn't mean it. I didn't mean I didn't mean it like that. I didn't mean it like that. And it was just like, uh, Connor, you put your foot in your mouth there, yeah, bud.
0: Dig that hole, Connor. Dig that yeah. hole. So Dr. Latham calls the situation untenable and we're just over here like, same, same. Yeah brutal so dr latham does some detective work of his own here and it turns out that the insulin was contaminated quote-unquote with chromium I, i i have so
1: many questions
0: no i have so many questions too and i didn't get the chance to like google chromium i don't know why i would have but
1: i'm gonna i'm gonna do it right now but it was
0: so it was contaminated meaning that like it slipped in there somehow it's not something that Ava like deliberately put into the insulin or was it
1: Yeah Um Let's see chromium is it's the main additive in stainless steel fun fact <laughs> It adds anti-corrosive properties, blah, blah, blah. I never really know how to Google elements, but yeah, fun fact, it is. So I guess it's like, I mean, like a metal. So... And probably, let's put it this way, something you shouldn't inhale. Let's put it that way, or have in your body.
0: That's so weird. Like,
1: Also, it's just like, where does one get chromium? Like, it's just like, it's. Especially if it's not supposed to be in the body, like, why would it be in a hospital? Like, just, like, all these things. And, like, how do you – I guess I'm not a science person, but, like, how do you dilute it into the insulin so that it's not seen? Like, just all these questions.
0: Oh, absolutely, all these questions. And then I would say that, like, did Ava slip it into the insulin to kill Cornelius, but then they said he died of an overdose of insulin. So was she trying to kill him with too much insulin or was she trying to kill him with the chromium? I have no idea. I have no idea. What in the world? So Ava walks off, and this is where shit goes like zero to 100. Ava walks off, Connor follows her, and she turns around and she just goes, give me an hour to get to O'Hare and you'll never see me again. What? What?
1: (laughs) This took a left turn by, like, the sharpest left turn I've ever seen.
0: Well, we're not even at the left turn yet. We're just, like, at the light, basically, because then... He's like, what are you talking about? And she's like, I did it for you. I did it so we could be together. And she grabs a scalpel. And I'm just like, don't touch Connor. Oh, my God. Like, don't hurt him, please. She slits her
1: own throat. (laughs) I still can't wrap my head around that. (laughs) Yeah. Ava is dead.
0: What just happened?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I. Ava is dead, y'all. Ava is dead. Dead, D E A D. Dead, like a Wait, stop. Dead. I
0: cannot wrap my head around this. I
1: yeah, I don't even. Yeah.
0: I don't even know where to start with this. Like, what do you think about this whole deal?
1: I think I'm kind of thinking about it in like the grand scheme of things. Like you know, like thinking about Ava's okay because obviously Ava's dead. You know, they try to save her, it goes terribly, you know, whatever. It does not work out. Ava can't be saved. Mm-hmm. So thinking about Ava as, like, a character in the grand scheme of things, and, like, my first thought is just, like, I wonder if that's how they always planned Ava to go. Mm-hmm. Or, like, if this is, like, they have to figure out a way to, like, write her out. She was a terrible character, the fans didn't like her, so, like, just might as well kill her off, like, give her no chance of coming back. If they had always thought to kill her off, eventually. Like, I just don't, I don't know, I have so many questions.
0: Yeah, and I don't really think I ever fathomed her dying as her leaving because I mean, we we've, we've been trying to speculate on how they would write both of them out for like the longest time. I don't think it ever crossed my mind that Ava would die.
1: Well, Med doesn't kill off characters. Med characters always leave. They never they've never killed off, well, besides like recurring characters or like minor characters. Mm-hmm. Like they've never killed off a major character, let's put it that way. Yeah. Fire has PD has med never has so i just never thought med was gonna do it really tbh i just
0: i just yeah i'm with you I, i wonder if this was always the plan to take her from you know cardiothoracic fellow from south africa to crazy lifetime movie killer who's now dead who is now dead
1: i don't know i that but that was honestly like one of my first thoughts was like, what was the writer's intentions with this?
0: So our friend, Ashley Summerell from Telltale, she said that this feels like it was pure shock value. What do you think about that?
1: I mean, I agree with it on some hands, but like, I don't think there was a good, I think this was honestly kind of the best way for her to go. Like, looking back on it, like, would you have been as satisfied if Ava somehow was able to, like, leave Chicago Med and, like, go be either, by, either be another doctor or be a doctor elsewhere? Or, like, was even being in jail, like, be as satisfying? I mean, yeah, because they'd be rid of her. I, if she had gotten to
0: O'Hare and never seen Connor again, that would have probably made me mad that it would have been, like, this bitch just got away with murder. Like, is she besties with Voight? But... <laughs> I think anything else, I mean, they as long as she was gone from med, it, I don't think it would have been a problem to me. I do agree yeah. with Ashley is that this feels like pure shock value, but it doesn't feel out of character for Ava.
1: No, well, it doesn't feel out. Let's put it this way. It doesn't feel out of character for Ava now. Um, for me, I think I'm okay with it, and I think I kind of like this ending. I wouldn't have expected this ending. I kind of like this ending more. Just because Ava was such a horrible character, or, like, she ended up being such a horrible character. And, like, I'm sorry. Like, I'm just kind of glad this is all, like, done. Like, she is dead. There's no way she could come back. Not anything against Norma, because I liked Norma as an actress. But, like, Ava is dead. She cannot come back. There's no way she can escape from jail or, like, some other kind of random crazy shit. Mm -hmm. Like, Ava is dead. This is done. We never have to think about this storyline again. Like, it's done. It's final. Yes. Yes. So in that way, I'm okay with it. Yes, I do agree that it probably was a little bit of shock value, but, like, I'm done. It's done. Like, I'm, I'm, we're done. I hope that the next time they bring
0: in a new female doctor that they don't take her this route.
1: Yes. Agree.
0: Because I feel like with Ava... It just, like, she started off with promise and then just took such a nosedive.
1: Well, and that's why I'm so curious about the trajectory for Ava's character and, like, when it kind of started going the way it did and, like, what the discussions were like in the writer's room and, like, when did they realize they were going to, like, have her go and then, like, when did they decide they were going to kill her? Like, I, just, I have so many questions. Right, right. I really doubt this was what they be envisioned when they introduced her at the end of season two. And like, you know, is this medical or this fellow from South Africa? Like, I have a feeling that's not it. And so.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ugh. Just yikes all around. So, you know, after a little bit, Connor drops in and he thanks Latham for being his mentor. And he basically just says he's like, I'm leaving med. You know, I will never be able to get past what happened here and I need a fresh start, which I understand that. OK, I understand his reasoning because, you know, he's just like, listen, my dad died and now Ava died within, you know, days of each other. I can't do this anymore. But it still yeah. just
1: sucks. Right. I no, I totally understand it. And I think. Looking back on it, I think this is, like, the best way they could have gone about, like, if they were truly set on, like, writing him out. Like, I'm totally okay with this being the reason. But, like, it still hurts that, like, he's leaving. Because we were talking about it with Ashley. And we were, like, I, you know, there's just so many other ways I think Connor could have gone. Like, I think there's so much more they still could have done with this character. But, like, I do understand why and, like, him feeling like that. And I do think this is a good way to write him out. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it was handled appropriately. I just still disagree with the decision to write him out.
1: Right. No, 100%. 100%. So,
0: uh, yeah. And so he mentioned he's like, yeah, in a place where I can be like just another doctor. But like, they're going to vet you, Connor. They're going to know what happened. So they're going to have so many questions for you. <laughs> at the Mayo Clinic when you go to Minnesota to be with Robin forever, because that's where they're going to live in my happy little head cannon. Yeah. Yeah. So Goodwin and Connor talk and basically the the main thing of that is when she just looks at him and she's like, you'll be missed Connor Rhodes and like same.
1: Just like all the feels.
0: Oh, my God. And then when he's like walking away and he turns back and he looks at Med with the tears in his eyes like, you know, that was not Connor. That was all Colin. Oh, 100 percent.
1: I just like I kind of wish like. You know, Connor was like, I didn't really want to do like the final goodbyes and stuff or whatever. But like, I kind of wish, I mean, again, this is maybe like me projecting more of my like bromance between Will and Connor that I've like conjured up in my head. Mm -hmm. But like, I don't know. I felt like there should have been something maybe more like another final scene between Will and Connor. I don't know. But like, I don't know. It's just sad. It's so sad. Connor Rhodes, come back already! I already miss you. <laughs>
0: come back, please. Already.
1: Come back. Yeah,
0: you don't need to be doing those musicals out in San, San Diego or San Francisco, wherever. Colin, just come back.
1: I will say though, I'm calling it right now. Go for it. The day when Will and Natalie finally get married, Connor Rhodes is there.
0: Um, he'd
1: better be. Like, if that doesn't happen, I'm, like, throwing my computer – well, not really, but, like, throwing my computer, I am, like, in a fit of rage.
0: I'm so glad you just put that out into the universe. Like, now it has to happen.
1: It has to happen. The only way I will accept it or I will be okay with it is that if, like, Connors or Colin's on some amazing project and he can't get away from filming. The only way I will be okay with it. Otherwise, it has to happen. Man. Even if it is just, like, one shot, I don't need him to say lines or whatever, but he needs to be in that church or wherever they get married. He needs to be there.
0: Absolutely. I'm just so – I'm so sad that he's gone.
1: I'm so sad. I know.
0: I feel like there's still so much they could have done with him, though. Like, you know, he could have – he could have come back from this. So sad. Yeah, so.
1: Hmm.
0: Bummer. I, I bet yeah. this means that we won't see Nina anymore either.
1: Yeah, probably not. I, which also makes me sad. See, in my headcanon, Connor, like, started texting with Nina after he met her finally mm-hmm. at the end of season four. And Nina quit her job at med and is going off to find him. That's, like, my headcanon. canon. Nina.
0: Okay. Oh, don't make me choose between Connor and Nina and Connor and Robin. Oh, I don't want to have to choose that. They're both so good. <laughs> bummer. Uh, I know. I just like. I don't even want to move on. I just want like camp out on Connor. But there's really not much
1: else to say. It's just a bummer all around.
0: Yeah, I
1: know. I think we'll have more to say with his absence. Yeah, we than, probably like how it's health dealt with in season two or in episode two. Yeah, so.
0: Moving on to Chexton slash sex toy, April and sex Ethan, toy. our buddies. So, you know, where we left off last season, of course, April was like, I'm late. So we find out pretty quickly that it's negative, which kind of makes me facepalm because I'm like, don't stop using pregnancy as a plot device like that and then using it as like a complete cop out and being like, oh, never mind. Oopsies, my bad.
1: Yeah, like, I just – I didn't understand the point. Like, if you wanted them to have I, a, I think they – I guess they just needed more cliffhangers for the season finale, which, like, we didn't need a cliffhanger for every single plot line or mm-hmm. character, but whatever. Um, but this, I was just kind of like, what was the point? Like, the point was to say they're serious and, like, they're thinking about starting a family with each other one day. Like, okay, cool. Like, you could have just had a conver- – like – I don't know. I think the better way to have done this, and I'm not a re- television writer, but I almost would have rather them have had like this case, and then had led them to have like a conversation about like, oh, well, like how many kids do you think you want one day, and like have that conversation, mm-hmm. rather than like her think she's pregnant, and then like I don't know. I just yeah, I think whatever.
0: I mean, I think they're. I think their agreement to be like, yeah, we're probably going to have a baby someday. It just, it just shows that like those two are in it for the long haul. Like there's, there's no writing them off at this point. They're end game. Yeah. Which like. Eh. <laughs> yeah. Eh. I, I, I don't know. I don't eh. know how I feel about that. I mean, it's cool. That's great. I mean.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Good for that. Like good for them. But like, I, I just, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's just like, okay, cool. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, so far, so good with those two. Yeah, so far. Yeah, so far. So, uh, yeah, and the stuff with their patient, it's just that, you know, there's basically their patient is a child and it just kind of makes them realize like, you know, yeah, having a child would be really hard, but it would probably also really be worth it. Yep. So those two would be really good parents together, I feel.
1: Oh, Lord, can you imagine being in that house, though, when they fight? I uh, I mean. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. I mean,
0: I don't know. I feel like they, they'd really be a good team together, though, when it comes to, like, tag teaming as parents. They'd be a really good team.
1: I, I I hope so. I think. I mean, I think so. I just, I don't know. Like, hospital Ethan in April, I'm like, I want to kill my Like, I, not. I want to, like, kill them yeah no I hear but outside of hospital Ethan and April they still I have hope for them
0: there's hope yes so Dr. Charles um we're five minutes in and he and Cece are already marriage goals they've been married all of five minutes and they're already just perfect and adorable
1: yeah they're great love them so great they're so
0: great and so he and Dr. Marcel have a patient who has what looks like a drug-induced psychosis. And nope. so basically the grandmother is this kid's guardian and he, she is just like vehemently against admitting him to the psych ward. Like she doesn't she doesn't want it at all. And so both of the doctors are suspect they're suspecting schizophrenia, but Marcel just doesn't really understand why Dr. Charles, like, won't just out and say it. He's, like, he's kind of beating around the bush with the grandmother, and Dr. Marcel's just like, why? And yeah, Dr. Charles is just like, you know, she's scared. We don't want to just, like, shock her. Which, like, I don't know. It's so funny when I see Dr. Charles with these patients, and then the other doctors are just like, why are you being so gentle? Compassion for other humans?
1: Right. Like, this is how you should. This is do it like this is just good bedside manner i I don't know i don't understand yeah yeah
0: yeah and so the grandmother's scared for her grandson because you know he's beat all the odds he survived a drug addicted mother you know stayed away from gangs worked hard or whatever and then dr charles drops his words of wisdom i feel like we should just start compiling these like all these like when he when he like just throws up smart stuff we should just start like writing them down and Keeping yeah. record, yeah. So Dr. Charles says he's like all kinds of things happen to us that we can't anticipate. You know what I've learned from my own experience is until we learn to accept the unacceptable, we're just of no use to anyone. And you know, gets through the grandmother and everything. So then Cece comes back to the hospital to meet Dr. Charles, and they walk out just being adorable. And so is yeah. I'm wondering is Cece going to stick around this season? Because I'm all for that. If so, I I I mean
1: sounds so bad I feel like until she dies
0: oh my god oh please don't do that to us we're like you set them up being all cute and then she
1: dies you know that's gonna happen Gina come on now
0: No. start preparing for it no I don't want to start preparing for it I don't wanna damn it
1: yeah so I think she will be but until then damn
0: Okay. So last but, you know, absolutely not least, um is Maggie. And I mean, we're we're headed down a hell of a path with Maggie this season. So, it's going to be all yeah. right. So, you know, Goodwin just is straight up. She's just like, "So, your mammogram." And Maggie says, "You know, there was a mass. I have to have a biopsy." It is indeed metastatic breast cancer. Yeah. I can't it's gonna be it's gonna be a hard one and so she just said she's like she doesn't want anybody to know treatments are gonna happen happen at east mercy which is in another new hospital in chicago i guess um and she will keep working and so the main thing that she said she was like i do not want to be the sick person so i mean i'm gonna need this to not be the C story this season so if we're gonna do this like this needs the the attention we're gonna and,
1: do it yeah
0: yeah this can't just be tucked in the yeah. corner as the C story
1: Right, like actually go there, please. Yeah,
0: yeah. and I mean I, to to make it like the B or C story, just kind of, it's unfair to Maggie.
1: Yeah, no, it's a hundred percent. This is an important story. Like, I you know, I'd much rather deal with this than deal with some of the other things. So,
0: I, I feel like this journey for Maggie is, I, I'm I'm kind of. Not like I don't know the right way to, way to say it, but I'm just like, I, I feel like this is going to be hard to watch at times.
1: Oh, it's gonna be so hard to watch. Yeah. But I think it's an important story to tell. So I hope they do it right. 100 percent. So
0: and so, I mean, with the with the season premiere of any episode, right, it's like to just kind of build up the season. And so a lot of these we just said, OK, like, you know, here's where we went after the season finale and this is the jumping off point so you know it was a little abrupt with maggie that they were she was just like yep it's metastatic breast cancer that's it but it's the jumping off point so yeah overall what did you think of the season premiere
1: i thought it was good i I mean i thought there were some you know moments i was like what the fuck like Ava. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm happy I mean I'm not I will never be happy With Colin Donald leaving I'm happy with the way Connor exited Um, The Will and Natalie stuff I think is going to be interesting But I mean I'm excited For season five
0: Yeah Yeah this is just The jumping off point There's a lot of different ways Everything can go
1: Right and they had to Like yes it was A lot But they obviously have to deal With like all the major Things things like they kind of have to show everybody in the season premiere so at times it felt a little chaotic but that's just because we won't normally have so much focus on everybody in their lives mm-hmm. um but yeah that was good yeah.
0: all right so let's stretch it out let's shake it off because we got to jump into fire oh i'm my not goodness. ready i'm not ready either uh this was probably the most heartbreaking of the three hours oh 100 i cried not gonna lie i cried I, y'all, I, you guys, Otis is dead.
1: I don't want to cry again. (laughs) Like, I'm so sad. I can't believe it. I'm so sad. Uh, Okay. Yeah.
0: Brenda, do you want to take us through fire?
1: Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we pick up right where we left off with the mattress factory fire and like the aftermath. So basically we see the boiler blow and everyone's kind of thrown against the wall. But we're at least all at this point like alive, you know, whatever. And Brett and Foster do indeed go through the floor. It was Bretton and Foster. Mm-hmm. I did not see that from the promo, but it was Bretton and Foster.
0: It was a nanosecond. Like I had to go back and I mean, it, it's literally a nanosecond.
1: Yeah. But like. You just get so many season three flashbacks all over again. It's just, oh, Derek, Mm -hmm. what are you doing to us? Yeah. 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 So Brett and Foster fall through the floor. Brett's arm gets twisted and, like, underpinned under a rock a little bit. And, like, it's just, it's so unnatural. And, like, I don't want to, I don't want (laughs) to look at it. And for a second, you think this is the only injury. Until you see Cruz hear a pass alarm, and then he finds out that it's Otis, uh-huh. and it just hits the fan.
0: I, all of the speculation was right, and I'm just like, I still can't wrap my head around it.
1: Yeah, it was, hold on, we're not there. We're no. not there yet. So they obviously take him up and into the ambo, and like Brett's in her own ambo, and like all she can think about is Otis. Mm-hmm. She's like. Is Otis is Otis okay is Otis okay is Otis okay whatever and so Cruz of course ends up getting in the ambo with Otis because who else would dull um and like they remove Otis's shirt and his entire body is like severely burned I like
0: jumped back and gasped when I saw that because I, I mean yeah they, they took the thing off his face and I'm like yeah his face was badly burned but then when they revealed that I was just like oh my god like I actually gasped
1: yeah, and like Joe recoils and then like just starts sobbing, and it's just like, oh my god. It's bad. It's, yeah. And like, we're then we are in the hospital, and everybody's there like, everyone who was at the scene, just all these other CFD people. And like, Herman ends up laying into Ritter at that point, too, because if you remember. Herman told Ritter to get out of there and like leave Herman, Herman's lieutenant like Herman should have done it and like he was trying to get Ritter out of there but Ritter decided to stay and Herman like lays into Ritter Mm
0: -hmm.
1: about like he should have listened to him he's you know his lieutenant blah 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 all that stuff and it's not pretty it's just and especially with the tension in the room it's just oh it's like you feel for Ritter in that moment I was just like oh poor Ritter like
0: I think part of that was coming from Herman's Worries about Otis too. too.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah, it's the emotions of the scene. It's the tensions of the scene in the hospital, and it's just yeah. But then the doctor comes out, and Boden gets the update, and you can just you don't hear what the update is, but you can tell from Boden's face that it's not good. And so nobody, like everyone, has that look on their face, and everyone knows what it is. But then we switch, and we're in Otis's room. And he's still alive because, you know, his monitor's still going, whatever. And, like, Joe is sitting there by his bedside. And it's just, you know, he says his goodbyes. And then Otis turns to him and utters this Russian phrase and then flatlines.
0: The, this scene. Oh, my God. So everybody's faces in that moment when, you know, Bowdoin gets the update. it It's kind of ambiguous, right? You're just like, you think it's no good, but maybe it is. Who knows? And like then maybe
1: it's not good, but like he's still alive at least. Or yeah. like maybe he's paralyzed, like, you know, like all these things. But you don't think that he's like
0: dead. Yeah. And so when Joe goes in and Joe's just like, you know, you're going to a better place, all this other stuff. I was like, oh, my God, he really is going to die. But then when Otis opens his eyes and he says something, I was like, did they just fake us out? Those fucking geniuses. I hate them. And then yeah. he flatlined and I was like, oh, my God, no, he
1: died. This is the worst But I still didn't want to even believe it in that moment. And then it's not until then it goes to like three months later Mm -hmm. and we see them like walking into the firehouse and you see Otis's photo on the wall with Shay. And I was like, oh, fuck.
0: Yeah, that was like like, the confirmation.
1: He's actually dead. There is no coming back from this. Like we will never see Yuri on our screens again. It
0: literally feels like they just dumped a ton of bricks on us.
1: Yuri's not coming back, you know? Like, I still can't wrap my head around it. Like, we will never see Yuri again. No, I know. I know. It, it just, it feels so, it feels weird. No, I know. I, like, I can't wrap my head around it. I can't.
0: The other thing about this is that, I mean, this feels almost identical to season three, right? Yeah. I mean. Like, Identical. Identical in terms of like how it happened procedurally, not identical in that like oh I'm just as sad as I was when Shay died. It was like the same setup, so I don't know that scene when Cruz sees Otis on the wall. I was just like okay, now it starts to now it's kind of feeling like we're like collecting firefighters for this wall, but it's not because that is it's a sobering reality that they deal with. Like this is this is a real thing that firefighters deal with.
1: Yeah. Although I will say, like, Cruz touching Otis's picture, like, as he walked by, like, broke me. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Broke me. Yeah. I just... I will say, though, and I'm just now thinking about this. I, not to say that it's going to be exact copycat of season three, because I don't think it will be. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we're all in very different places whatever. I have this interesting, in some weird way, what if it is in some regards with, like, the Casey and Sev storylines? Because, obviously, Seb was so heartbroken when Shay died, and Mm -hmm. then he went on that bender and went to Vegas and got married and whatever. I'm not saying Casey's going to get married, but Casey, I mean, Casey feels guilty about this, which we'll get to in a second. But, Mm -hmm. like, what if it is, like, Casey having his version of, like, a downward spiral?
0: I think I'm more worried about Cruz than I am Casey in this instance.
1: I don't know. I'm a little worried about Casey, too. I'm a little worried about, I mean, I'm worried about Cruz, but like, I'm also a little worried about Casey, but we'll get there. Um,
0: But I mean, going back to what you, we were saying that, you know, this is, this is something that firefighters deal with. It's just, okay. So remember when we were there after con and we went by engine 18, which is the real 51. That's like where they filmed the exterior shots and on their walls, they had all sorts of history of the firehouse memorials, things like that. Do You remember that? Yeah. So I remember seeing, you know, a a portion of their wall that was kind of like the in memoriam. And I just remember seeing that they had a handful of firefighters die throughout 2012. It wasn't just one call or anything. It was like different points in 2012. And so could you imagine that just like losing five or six of your friends over the course of one year? No, yeah, no, not at all. Just, oh, unfathomable, so. Yeah, and so I mean that is something that they deal with, but it just I yeah it was just so it was so formulaically similar to season three that I was like uh uh it just it feels weird it feels weird so go on Bryna
1: yeah so Bowden then tells Seven Casey to like come into his office and he tells them that the official government report from the mattress fire has been delayed yet again and Seb's like <gasps> like yeah. And apparently there's been some noise about some potential disciplinary action against the CFD. But, like, there's nothing really beyond that. It's just kind of talk at this point. So that's why it's, like, still delayed. And Bowden also asked Casey in this moment, like, you know, like, how the search for the new firefighter for trucks going. And Casey's like, I'll know the right fit when I see it. Like, you know. He's like, I'm working on it. I promise. Um, and then Casey and Sev leave. And Sev asks Casey on the way out. He's like, are you Okay. And Casey's like yeah you know whatever and then he like they end up talking and Casey's basically like you know dragging this thing on only forces us to constantly relive the call and so like I'm just ready for it to be done so I don't have to like relive it every day of my life. Hmm. And then, you know, we go to Ritter and they're like working on the truck or something and Ritter's still concerned that Herman hasn't like looked at him since he lit into him at the hospital three months ago. And everyone's like, no, it'll be fine. Like Herman's still just, you know, feeling out his feels like you're not like there's nothing to be concerned about. And then we get this stellar date. And it's like the one source of like happiness in this episode. For real. It like put like a smile on my face and I was like, oh, my God. Finally, I get, like, something to smile about and, like, not cry about. And they're just walking by the waterfront, you know, whatever. And they, like, are going to this – or they went to this nice restaurant. And Stella makes a comment. And she's, like – and is like, yeah, like, Donna recommended it. Like, you're supposed to take someone there special. And Stella's, like, uh, you know, makes a comment. And then Sev's, like, yeah, like, maybe I didn't really have the right girl to be romantic with beforehand. And it's just, like, my heart. They're so
0: adorable and perfect, and I love them so much.
1: It was, like, the one thing, again, that, like, made me happy this episode. I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. I'm good. And, like, Stella, while they're out, you know, walking, so like, asks them how Casey is, and Severide just makes this comment. He's like, he carries the weight of this more than the rest of us. See, I didn't get that vibe from this episode. <laughs> oh, I, I 100% got this vibe. I'm, I'm, I'm worried about Casey. I...
0: Didn't think there was enough grieving Otis in this episode.
1: Well, I think it's also hard because, like, we were talking about with Ashley in our, when we were texting with her, they skipped three months, which I get why for story purposes. Like, I get why they have to sometimes skip that far ahead. They kind of have to move things along and, like, it's, you know, whatever. But, like, we missed out all the grieving of Otis. Like, the hardcore, like, the aftermath, those days right after grieving of Otis. Yeah, and that's that's
0: something that I felt when Shay died as well, is that, you know, I get it, you need the time jump, but you've also got to give us time to grieve. Like, everybody's moving on in this premiere, and I'm like, wait, wait, like, I haven't had time to process this yet. Like, hold right. on a second before you move on.
1: Right, but the reason I think Casey, and this kind of, again, goes back to, like, why Casey said, you know, he's like – reliving this call every day you know like them dragging this out only forces me to relive this call every day because i'm constantly going over something like an incident report or whatever like i'm literally reliving the deep the play-by-play every single day of my life right and i i felt and it that's, was... i just i don't know i i think casey thinks it's his fault and i thought that to me that came across really clear in this episode and so for sev to say like he's carrying the weight of this more than the rest like he sees it yeah in KC. And that's why I kind of think Casey may have some sort of like a spiral of some sort. I don't know. I think Casey, I think this is going to really weigh on Casey for at least a little bit. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, yeah, I don't think, I don't think that was really driven home to me until after the disciplinary hearing, but I mean, we'll get there. I, yeah. I mean, um, I mean I don't know. I thought it was weird to focus on Casey sending in the paramedics because I was like, that's not the issue here. The issue is that they lost Otis.
1: Right. But I think the issue is that they lost Otis. But I think in some weird way that by focusing on, the, again, by focusing on the call that still drags out the hearing and the incident report, like it, the case is still open. right? And so in some ways it's forcing – us to see Casey still grieve because he has to relive the call by folk. Like, they all have to keep reliving the call, or Casey, especially, and Bowden, and to some extent, Sev, mm-hmm. but they all have to be reliving that because they're talking about it every day. Yeah. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah, I know. So that, I think that, that was
1: sense. by focusing on the paramedic call. Yes, that was kind of some like minute point in the grand scheme of the call, but by focusing on that, it forces us to like see that some of them are still grieving and it's not just like Cruz because Cruz was the closest to Otis. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense in some weird way. Yeah,
0: no, it does. It does. Um
1: But yeah, so Stella asked, Stella asked how Casey is. And then Seb makes a comment too. He's like, I think he was going to, he mentioned he was going to be at Molly's and Stella's like, you want to go? And so like, yeah. And so they go to Molly's and we get our first Molly scene of season eight. And Herman's, like, behind the counter and or behind the bar and oh, or Mouch is sitting there and Herman makes a comment, you know, Molly's worth is no more. Lily didn't want to go on without Otis anymore. And I just was like, oh, my God, Lily.
0: Pour Lily. some <laughs> out
1: for Lily. Yeah, like, Lily, I guess Lily is no more on fire, at least. Like, mm-hmm. we will never see Arian Reinhardt again. So sad. All of it is so sad. Yeah, I, I didn't even think about I mean, like, that was not my first thought. Obviously, my first thought was like Firehouse 51 fam, but I was like, oh, right, Lily. Mm hmm. Oh, that hurt. I know. And so then we see Bowden ask Cruz. Cruz is sitting, you know, at a table drinking, and Bowden goes over to him, and Cruz asks, or Bowden asks Cruz, like, how he's really doing. He's like, you know, I'm fine. If, you know, Chloe's been really great, like, I've gotten involved I'm more in church again, you know, whatever. And he admits to Bowdoin that he hasn't really looked up what the last thing Otis said to him meant in case it was something you new know, about how much pain he was in, etc. He's like, I don't really think I can go, like, I could bear that. Um, and then he says, you know, like... Him, he opens up even more and he's like, You know what, my biggest fear is is like, you know, we have all these plaques on the wall and these badges at the academy, but like, what happens five years from now or 10 when we're all split up and there's new firefighters walking the halls at 51 and someone goes, Who's that guy? But nobody knows. And like, that's what he's thinking about. And Bowden's like, You know, those are the questions, uh, those are the same questions I ask every day.
0: Um, Major Hamilton vibes here. Like, who lives, who dies, who tells your
1: story? Tells your story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But it's true, though, like sometimes, you know, even just in my life, you know, think about the places that I've been. And I think I was feeling this recently, too, because I was recently at my alma mater's like welcome back barbecue for like our Hillel, which is just like Jewish community. And I didn't know, like, I was volunteering, but like, I didn't know really anyone that was still there because, like, at that point, I really only know seniors, and they just like didn't really overlap. And I was thinking that I was like, oh, like, I guess like all my friends and stuff, like, we're all gone. I mean, we're not gone from history, but like, we're gone. Like, these kids don't know who we are. Mm-hmm. It was just like it was just, like I had that weird moment, and it was just like. But I think that's something that like everyone can relate with in some ways.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I I especially relate to it with, you know, my my local soccer team. I was pretty involved with them for a while. And Brian knows the story because I talk about it a lot. But um, there was a player that my best friend and I were friends with, and he made a huge impact on the team and everyone around him. And he was just a really incredible, genuine person. He passed very suddenly a long time ago and... Even when I talk to my boyfriend about, you know, soccer and what's going on and stuff, this is my local professional team, but he didn't know the player that we were friends with. And so it's just so weird to me that I'm like, I can't believe you didn't have this person in your life. I can't believe you never met him. You never knew his impact. And so I, I feel that here. I'm just like, yeah, that's, I mean, it's an interesting point that Joe brings up.
1: Yeah. And so Bowdoin then gets a call that interrupts his conversation with Joe. And then after he finishes the call, he ends up going to Casey and and tells them that they've decided to hold an inquiry specifically, like we said, focusing on the call that Casey made to request the paramedics that, like, the paramedics come into the building. And Zeb's uh, like, this is a scapegoat time, Chief. Like, you know it, I know it. But Bowdoin's like, you know, there's nothing we can do. So they end up, Going to the safety hearings of Casey and Bowden. And, you know, Casey's up there and they're reading Casey's incident report and they're really just hitting hard on Casey. And finally, Bowden ends up sticking up for Casey, basically saying that, like, it's up to the chief to make the final decision. Um, and in the end, they end up clearing everyone. Finally, the case is closed. And it's just like Papa Bowden always coming through.
0: Is that the first always. time we've ever seen Bowden fall on his sword?
1: Hmm.
0: I don't know. Like, I thought that was interesting because I was like, whoa, I don't think we've ever seen this out of Bowdoin. Like, we've seen people come after Bowdoin, but I don't know. That was interesting. Like, but Bowdoin's such a good leader.
1: Yeah, that's what, I, yeah. Like, I, this was the right move and I'm happy this is the way that it ended. I mean, I'm glad that everyone ended up being cleared too and that it's over and nothing's going to happen to anyone. Mm-hmm. But like, boden sticking up for casey i was like man just Bowden is the goat boden Bowden's the best
0: he really is i know and it, i think it just kind of also shows that i think Bowden and sev both are starting to pick up on the fact that casey's not right like you were saying but you know they just know how casey ticks and so they're just kind of like operating like at arm's distance they're like okay we know you're not quite yourself we're just gonna wait until shit hits the van
1: yeah, and so when they're outside and they're walking back or whatever, like, this is kind of, I think, what you were talking about where it really hit you that Casey was, like, upset. Like, even though the case is closed, like, Casey says, he's like, I lost a firefighter that day. Like, I'll never be clear. Like, this is never going away for me. That was the point where I was like, oh, okay. I just needed to hear it. Do you think Casey's more upset over this loss? I mean, granted, we didn't know Casey that well in season one, but, like, do you think Casey's more upset over this loss than he was when Darden died?
0: I think to us, it feels that
1: way only
0: because we don't... We didn't see Darden and Casey's friendship. So we don't know what that was like. And plus, I mean, the people we were seven years ago versus the people we are now are night and day, right? Right. So Casey, seven years ago, might have even been like a Severide. He might have been, you know, like a player, just kind of running around doing whatever. And granted, we know he wasn't. He was with Hallie, so... But, you know, I the things that Casey has been through and seen since then have probably changed him. And so I feel like this one might've hit him harder.
1: Yeah. So back at the firehouse, the Ritter and Herman thing is solved. Ritter talks to Herman about how he's feeling about what Herman said to him that day in the hospital. And Herman's like, I was always planning on bringing you back to engine. I was just loaning you out to Casey while he's finding someone for truck. And you know, everything's good. So We're all good in that world. Thank Mm -hmm. God. Um, And then Bowdoin ends up calling everyone outside and we see Bowdoin standing by this new, not a statue. I don't know if statue is the right word, but like memorial Mm -hmm. um, they've like made outside the firehouse and he has a thing. He's like, who's going to remember us? It's a question that all of us who do this job, ask ourselves at one moment or another, like who will remember our work after we're gone And he's going on and on, and he ends up saying, you know, he looks up – that he looked up what Otis' last words were. And Cruz immediately starts breaking down. And those last words apparently meant, brother, I will be with you always. Mm. And I just – I was done. I was sobbing. I was a mess. Same. Like, such a mess.
0: Even just thinking about that now, like, I just feel that, like, feeling in my throat that I'm like, oh – it hurts. I know.
1: I like, I already want to cry again. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it gets even worse because at the l- the last shot is so Cruz like kneels down in front of the memorial or whatever. And then Casey and Seth kneel down and put their hands on his shoulders and then like everyone follows suit. And so they all have these, their hands on each other's shoulder or on each other's shoulders. And like, then you get the like aerial shot and it's just like all the tears. Oh my uh, God. I cried I so can't. much. Yeah, I I can't. I
0: still can't but, fathom that Otis is gone. Like, it feels like, literally, they just took a ton of
1: bricks and just, like, dumped them on us. Right. Like, I still want to just feel like, oh, yeah, like, Otis is out of town, you know, whatever. He just wasn't in this episode. Like, yeah, you know, no big deal. It's going to take me a while to, like, really, it's for it to really settle in. Like, he's not coming back.
0: No. And I feel like with Shay, we almost kind of knew it was coming because we knew somebody had to die in that call, right? Yeah, I almost feel like maybe like we might have been lulled into a false sense of security thanks to that call in what season five.
1: Yeah, at the end of season five, beginning of season six, yeah. where Mouch was supposed to go and did not
0: Yeah. And so I feel like that call almost lulled us into a false sense of security. So that made this one even more shocking.
1: Yep. 100% agree. Yeah, that one I was like, oh yeah, if they didn't kill off Mouch, like they were never going to kill off, actually kill off anyone this episode. Someone yeah. will get injured of course, but they'll never actually kill someone. Which and, yeah,
0: I think that's why I was so chill about that call at the end of last season. I was like, I can work with this. The boiler's about to blow, no big. But you know, that's not the case. This just this feels so much different from when Shade died because it just feels so sudden and unexpected.
1: Yeah, I wonder. I you know, I'd love to know why. This is you know why now Like why why Otis And you know yeah
0: I I, yeah I just Am like so speechless and just Like oh man and yeah I mean the the statue or whatever you want To call it is just so touching Because there is there was a shot in that episode Like before we even got to the end of like you know The Shay's name on the side Of the ambo and immediately my head was like oh my God like what are they gonna do with Otis now This is so horrible Yeah, I,
1: yeah. (sighs) I know. But I guess speaking of Ambo, let's talk a little bit about Foster's new partner.
0: Do we have to? He's terrible. Briefly.
1: So obviously, of course, Brett is gone, which we'll get to in a second. But Foster has this new partner, Chad Collins, a.k.a. played by Austin Peck, the soap opera dude we were discussing a few weeks ago. But Chad's a little weird. Actually, he's he's a lot weird.
0: I mean, I found him so annoying.
1: Yeah. Basically, I feel like this call sums him up. Like, basically, they get called to help a child get, like, unstuck from a claw machine at an arcade or whatever. And Collins is, like, distracted AF. Like, Foster literally has to say at one point, she's like, Collins. 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 Like, whatever. Um yeah, and she even goes so far to, as to like call him to vote in, like lazy and you know, all these things. Like, he's just like, he's the worst. I like, even honestly, though, like, McCully and all those other, yeah, like, well known paramedics that we've had over the years, like, they're all pretty annoying, but like, at least they're good at their jobs. Like, Collins' he's not even good at his job, they're competent. Right. They're just annoying to live within the house, but like, they're competent at their jobs. Right. Collins is not. Um, and, like, Matt is having this whole thing because when he walks in, Matt's like, I think, I swear I know that guy. And no one's like, I don't know where, you know, I'm from, like, whatever. So, Matt Slater sees a picture of him in his underwear in a magazine ad and, like, immediately recognizes him. He's like, oh, my God. And he, like, takes it over to where Collins is sitting to, like, ask him about it. And Collins just, like, immediately autographs it. He's like, huh. And, like, I'm just like, oh, dude. Okay, that was funny. I laughed at that. That that was funny. And like, even to like laughing at like Collins teaching mouse, like the Neiman Marcus shot in the <laughs> hallway. Like that was really funny. Um, oh, but man. yeah, I can't imagine though he sticks around for that much longer though. Uh, he Just, sticks
0: around and probably until Brett comes back, which is probably going right. to happen.
1: Right. Like I would imagine episode two or three, but yeah. Yeah. Um, so I don't think we'll have to deal with him much longer, but yeah, he's the worst. Yeah, kind and of yeah, annoying. that's it. Kind of annoying. Yeah. So speaking of Brett too, though. So, Brett. Um. Basically, Brett. Three months later, is back in Fowler, Fowlerton, and her arm is as good as new. Um. She's also still with engaged to the chaplain and has a job interview with the local fire department. And she, of course, gets the job as the paramedic. Of course, because who wouldn't hire her? Duh. Um. As she walks out of the fire station, though, she runs into Hope because, of course, it's a small town. And, like, of course, it's Hope. Hope is hanging around at a fire station. Like, I'm not surprised. Anywhere where there's hot men is, like, Hope's M.O. So. Um, and Hope goes on and on about how she wants to reconcile because it's a small town and there's no sense of wasting another day on ancient history. And, like, she's been apparently wanting to reach out to Sylvie since she left Chicago. It's just, like, all these things. Slick Hope, I can, like, see right through you. Just stop. just just stop
0: and she's kind of passive aggressive when she sees Sylvie and she's just like you're engaged again and then she tells like the whole story about her fiance and all that stuff I'm like Hope stop like you want to reconcile but you're being really passive right now like stop it
1: yeah and so the last scene is like Brett and the chaplain are hanging out on her parents porch and you know she opens up about how she's feeling about being back in Fowlerton which she's like kind of a little hesitant about whatever And the chaplain ends up saying to her, she's like, you know, like you don't have to work. And she's like, what? And he's like, yeah, like being a chaplain's life, like it is work, like a chaplain's life does the same thing as a paramedic. Like you help people get through pain, you patch people up, like help them get better. Not exactly, bro. That's not how that, not exactly. So what is she gonna parade around Fowlerton, like the first lady or something? Yeah, kind of, that's what he wants. I mean, that's what that, yeah. Oh man, I'm getting Tate vibes all over
0: again. I know.
1: And I not that I ever like wanted Brett to be with the chaplain, but I never felt about him like this. And now I'm like, oh, dude, just no.
0: I think we also need to note, though, that, I mean, this is a different Sylvie that we're seeing. She seems completely different following this call.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, she was injured. I mean, she was injured. That definitely changed her perspective on things. Um, and I think, too, though... I think she thought what she wanted was that like, I think it made her feel like that Chicago was too big for her. And so she was like, I'm going to go back to Fowlerton. But now she's realizing that she's not really sure she wants Fowlerton either. Right. So. Yeah. But I like, he said that and I was like, "Mm, not exactly, bro. That's not, not, no, not exactly how this works.
0: Not at all how this works. No, I just, Sylvie seems pretty miserable being back in Fowlerton. I think she's going to have to realize that though. Yeah. So, it's, yeah, she's
1: going to. And I think she will. I think it's going to take maybe an episode or two, but I think we'll have her back in Chicago, like, sooner rather than later.
0: Mm-hmm. We should add her to the list of characters we're worried about, like, Casey Cruz and then Brett, too. Because, I mean, she just does. Yeah. She seems like she's not okay.
1: No. Yeah. Oh, man. I know. But yeah, that's. That's fire. That was Fire season premiere and I'm still I'm never getting over it. Yeah, me neither. I can't I
0: cannot believe Otis is gone. I
1: I'm still kind of in denial.
0: I can't believe it. I just
1: Like yeah. I understand like he is gone, but to me it's just still mind blowing like Yuri's never like we're never going to be able to see Yuri on our screens again. I mean in Fire, unless it's like a flashback, but still.
0: It's crazy. It's so crazy.
1: Yeah, it 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 hurts. I just I
0: remember watching that episode and like texting you throughout it and being like I feel like somebody just like ripped out my heart and like squeezed it like once upon a time style right in front of me. I was like this is the worst.
1: Yeah. It We thought it might happen, but I never actually thought it was like really going to happen. Same. So, yeah. It hurts. PD time. Yeah, at least. Although I still have some feelings about this too, but PD was a lot more like digestible than the other two. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's let's get into that. Okay, you want to start us off, or you want me to?
1: You can start us off.
0: All right. So we're picking up uh, probably like an hour or two after we left off with PD. Everybody's at Kelton's, and you know, shit has hit the fan. He is dead. And we meet Paul Adelstein immediately, or his new character. He's the acting superintendent. So, Turkaloo. Ter- is that how you say it?
1: Turkaloo. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: So Jay tells him, he's like, yeah, Voight's on the way, but it turns out that he was just covering. He also tells Haley what Voight had said earlier, the whole thing about, you know, I'm going to go see Kelton, do what needs to be d- done. And so they basically, they take Kelton's body out and Voight is just kind of watching as they load it into the ambo. Uh, It's interesting because, I mean, as they're taking the body out, everybody's like saluting as it goes by. Voight's not saluting. I don't know if that
1: was Voight's also kind of like off to the side too a little bit.
0: People had to know he was there, right?
1: I mean, yeah, but like maybe. I don't know. I mean, Jay is covering for him, so Voight may not... Maybe is trying not to be seen. I was trying to figure out the way towards that. But yeah, I don't know. So crazy. But I mean, yeah, I still think it's weird. I mean, obviously he hates Kelton. I don't think he would have saluted for him and even if he was like right next to him. But.
0: True. That's true. Yeah. But also the music in this scene is so eerie, but it also gives it like a really cool touch. Ugh. Yeah. So, case-wise, you know, there was a witness that reported a black SUV slowly driving around Kelton's place at the time of the murder. CPIC comes back with three possible matches. So, one of those is, of course, Voight's SUV. And so, at this point, it's, is it the acting superintendent who basically points this out? Who points this out to Voight? I can't remember.
1: Um, yeah, I think so. I don't remember. Yeah, I think so.
0: So basically, it's somebody who's not an intelligence who points this out. And Void just flat out says, he's like, so you're asking if I murdered Kelton. And it's the most awkward of awkward pauses. Like
1: well Cut. yes it's like yes we are asking you if you we all are thinking it like we are definitely asking you if you murdered kelton this
0: is something that drove me crazy throughout this episode is that every time it would come up void had this air about him that was like how dare you i was like seriously right now like your reputation precedes you bro yeah so bad i yeah So Burgess comes into the bullpen the next morning, and she's like, has anybody heard from Antonio? Like, he's not answering texts. So, and nobody's really alarmed about this. Like, nobody's like, no, we haven't heard from him. Like, it's fine, whatever. Moving on. And I'm just like,
1: uh, hi, I'm over here. I'm worried. Like, yeah, like,
0: I'm worried. (laughs) Why aren't you worried? I'm, I'm worried. And so Jay and Haley go over the facts of the case, and someone named Slow Mo had texted Kelton three times the day before. So Voight sends the team in to where the cell phone pinged off a tower. Uh, and I mean, Jay's pretty much, I feel like Jay definitely took Voight's words to heart at the end of last season when he was like, you're going to run this unit someday. And Jay immediately took that to heart. Cause like he's trying to run the show this episode.
1: Oh my God. Jay in charge though, is like sexy as fuck. Like he like, what, like they like pull up and like, I think it's, Atwater and Burgess, like, pull up in the truck or whatever, and then, like, Jay and Haley are walking in, and the way Jay walks into that playground or wherever that is, it's, like, sexy as fuck. I, I, oh.
0: Being in charge looks pretty good on him. I'm going to agree with that. It looks
1: so good on him. Looks really, so really good. So good. Yeah.
0: And I'll also just throw in at this point is that Upstead was working, like, a well-oiled machine in this episode. It was so good. Oh, my.
1: They were so good. I, yeah. I love it. I love it.
0: Love it so much. Love it, love it. So yeah. the guy that Jay is arresting gives him the name of Curtis Monroe, but that's about it. He just tells him, like, this is who Slimo is. And so it turns out that Curtis knew Wilson Young, the same guy that Kelton had killed. Yes. Kelton killed him, what, years back or something? No. I, I don't remember Kelton killing anybody.
1: Maybe years back? I don't know. I don't... I'm trying to remember. I don't remember all the Kelton stuff from last year. But, yeah. Wilson Young is a guy Kelton killed. And... Curtis knew him.
0: So... In the middle of this, Boyd is like, Hey, Kev, I need you to go make a pickup. And he's going to pick up Ruzik! Our baby Ruzik. He made it through a night in jail. Our sweet baby.
1: Is it just me? And again, this... Like, or does Ruzik – I mean, this is all Patty, but, like, does Patty look more, like, swole this season?
0: Uh, oh, I didn't even notice that. I need to take a better look at that.
1: Maybe it was the jumpsuit. I don't know. But, like, in that scene, I was like, I don't know. Something about Patty looks, like, maybe he looks tanner. I don't know. Something about Patty looks different in, like, the best way. But, like, I
0: don't know. Yeah, m- maybe, um, maybe those prison jumpsuits, you know – are a little tighter than, you know, flannel. <laughs> I
1: don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I, gotta, I don't know. Something about Patty looks good this season. I don't know. Yeah, I got so to pay that I just, to that. Yeah, Gina, get with the program. Sorry. I know I'm slacking.
0: How dare I? I got to get in the, like, mid-season form, okay? It's still, like, this is still beginning of the season. I need to, like, build up my endurance. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, man. And so – Kevin picks up Adam. They have a cute little hug outside the prison. Adorable. Rusewater rides again. Thank God. And so when Kevin drops him off, Kevin's like, I got to be honest with you. Like, I can't believe you didn't tell me about what was going down with IED. And Adam's just like, there's nothing you could have done. Which, like, there's – well, I don't want to say there's not. I mean, Kevin could have – Kevin would have found a way to pull some strings if need be.
1: But then Kevin's also thrown into the mix. Yeah, and so as
0: like Adam wanted right. to keep him out.
1: Yeah, and then apparently, and kind of like, "Oh, you know, like he'll be back in no time or whatever." But like, Ruzick's been stripped of his police powers. Like, there's nothing he can do right now,
0: and he's awaiting trial. So, like, we're not completely done with this, which sucks.
1: Nope. Yep.
0: <sighs> but he's out, so that's nice. But uh, the whole squad and. In- Including the acting superintendent. I I don't want to attempt his last name yet for fear of butchering it. Turkaloo. Turkaloo. Okay. So they go after Monroe. And so they end up cornering him. And Turkaloo threatens to kill the guy. And Atwater gets this shit under control. Thank God. Because it could have taken a bad turn. And so he's like, yeah, it's not going down like that today. Like, thank God Kevin was there. Otherwise, you'd have another issue of CPD. Killing an, ar- well, he was armed, but killing a black man, you know?
1: Yeah, and that's when he even says, you know, well, we'll get there in a second. It's
0: crazy. So Monroe spills the beans that Kelton was working with the gangs to help get votes, which, like, I guess that doesn't surprise me,
1: you know? No. It's like, oh, new information, but, oh, that's not actually surprising once you think about it.
0: No, I mean, I think it just shows that. I mean, there- nobody in Chicago is squeaky clean. Yeah. So then, as that's ending, Kev turns to Turk Lou and his people. This is this is really great. But Kevin turns and he's like, "You're welcome, by the way. You know, you and your boy came pretty damn close to shooting a black man that didn't have anything to do with that murder. The way I see it, I saved your career." Kevin, mic
1: drop. Yes, mic drop. Yes. But I will I will say though that like it's the scenes like this and like that whole scene where they like did have the guy cornered and like especially just kev's comment like the way that pd goes about the like real world stuff Mm -hmm. like so but without making it like a whole entire storyline like this moment was like as real as it can get like in terms of like grounding it to today's reality but like without actually overtaking the episode yeah and i love like i love this moment i thought it was great so
0: so good And I feel like this episode, is especially we saw it was like a bolder Kevin, a bolder Jay. And I like that. Like, yeah, yeah, I really like seeing that. Well,
1: somebody's got to be bolder. Intelligence is down to four fucking members. I know. I know. It's nuts.
0: So So, back in the bullpen, Jay asks Haley what she thinks. Again, these two are a well-oiled machine. This episode is so good. And so Haley's like, yeah, I think we keep digging. Like he said, if he did it, he wouldn't have us out there risking his li- risking our lives. Okay, um, <sighs> can we stop saying keep digging? It brings up really bad memories of Justin's death. But also, yeah, I don't know if he. I, I think Haley. He's just- done
1: a lot of shady things. Yeah, I think this is where Haley's still a little too new. Like. A little too new.
0: I I wonder if they've filled Haley in on the whole deal with his son. He wasn't there for Justin. Or she wasn't there for Justin.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think Haley's still a little too new. Yeah. Like, I love her. And I think she is, like, a well-oiled machine with Jay and whatever. But, like, a little too new. But what what does she
0: think went down with Al? Like, was Al's death just, like, like, unfortunate to her? Like, does she know the full backstory? Right. Yeah. I I don't know. And you know she doesn't know about pulpo, Right. Ugh. Oh, Haley. And so... Oh, Haley, yeah. Yeah. Tex get a lead on the gun, so Haley and Jay go to talk to him, and it turns out that the gun used to kill Kelton was the same one used to kill a guy in a robbery three years ago. It's impressive as fuck that they can make that connection, first off. Mm-hmm. But the suspect in yeah, that case... But- was Franco Chavarro. What were you going to say,
1: Brianna? Sorry. No, I just said, yeah, it really was. Yeah.
0: And so they go pick up Chavarro. He denies any involvement in killing Kelton. And so Voight asks Jay if he's heard from Antonio. Like, we're still not concerned. What are we doing here? And right. Jay's like, no, but the last time I saw him, he was in bad shape. And he says this in such passing. I'm like, what? How are none of you concerned about him right now? Like, right. This is weird. Right. This is weird. Yeah. And so Voight tells Jay to have Ruzik go look for him. And at this point. He's like,
1: oh, it'll it'll give him something to do. It's like, what?
0: Well, yes, but also I was like, thank you, Voight. Thank you for not forgetting about him. Thanks.
1: Great. And so at
0: this point. When, when Ruzik goes over to Antonio's, this whole scene, in my head, over and over, I'm just repeating, please don't be dead, please don't be dead, please don't be dead, please don't be dead. <laughs> like, I was like, that's the last thing we need in this set of three hours. Like,
1: please don't. Right. We don't need someone killed in all three shows.
0: Oh, yeah. I was like, please don't find him dead. Please, please, please. Like, I don't. know, I don't want this. Yeah. And so, I mean, Antonio's place is a mess, too. It's bad. It is bad. Uh, Brianna, do you want to take it from here?
1: Yeah, so like Gina said, like Antonio's place is bad. It's a mess. Picture frames are shattered everywhere. There's lots of alcohol bottles. Like even his, he left his badge behind. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's a mess. And so Rusik has Trudy run his license plate, and they end up finding, or Rusik ends up finding his car outside some house or whatever. And this guy comes out with a bat, and you know he and Rusik get talking, whatever. It turns out it's his sponsor, Antonio's sponsor. And the guy says, you know, Antonio showed up late last night. He apparently tried to check in himself into a hospital and then quickly checked himself out because he couldn't take it and they you know got to talking and they were talking or whatever and then the sponsor went to bed and antonio left like some time in the middle of the night that's all he knows doesn't you know don't know why he didn't take his car doesn't know where he went but like that's what happened.
0: the sponsor doesn't seem worried either nobody seems worried right
1: right it's a sponsor like i don't know and then it's like you also like i have so many questions like how like how does antonio know this guy like I, like, you know, like, how long has he been his sponsor? Just, like, I, I don't know. Like, I have so many questions. Yeah. So then we go back to the case, though. And So Jay and Upton meet Upton's CI, who knows um, Shavaro, gives him all this information, and, and the CI ends up turning them on to Shavaro's wife's nail salon, where it's basically where Shavaro, like, stashes drugs and guns or whatever. And they basically just, like, use that, like, They're never actually going to do anything with a wife, but they basically use that to get Shafar to talk. Mm-hmm. And so Chafar says, you know, his gun was stolen by a cop a few years ago in a raid, this big, huge gun raid or whatever, 2016. And so Haley and Jay are talking about this later on. And, you know, Jay's like, I'm not saying Voight's involved, but, like, the dots are starting to connect in not a good way. And, like, he tells her that, like, he knows for a fact that, like, Voight was involved, like, one of those cops, like, involved in that raid back then. Um, and Haley's like, I don't think there's necessarily enough evidence to reach that conclusion. And then Jay's like, I don't think we can necessarily look the other way on this though. Like I'm, I believe you. Like there's not enough evidence, but like we can't necessarily like shut that door completely.
0: No, and I'm totally with her at this point. I'm like, yeah, if you connect the dots, and you know, vo- I mean, what Void's reputation precedes him. Connect those dots, chase it down. I agree with them.
1: Do you think we saw this raid? Like, do you think this raid was one of our cases? Like, one of the cases?
0: That's a really good question.
1: I... 2016. I mean, I doubt it, but, like, I just, you know, like, it's one of those things. I'm like, oh, that would have been cool if they kind of, like, referenced an old case, you know, or a raid, you know?
0: That would have been really cool. I can't recall Voight ever stealing a gun, though. Or, well, Void's probably been part of a couple of raids. But the way he says it that... The way Jay says it that, like, Void was part of this raid... It kind of implies that intelligence
1: wasn't. Right. Which is why I doubt it. But like I was just like, oh, that would have been cool, a cool moment to come back like full circle to an old case. But yeah, you know. Yeah. Missed opportunity there. But so Turkaloo then calls and tells Jay he wants to meet. And so Jay meet, goes out and meets him. And basically Turkaloo tells him that, you know, like the lead suspect in killing Kelton. And he's like, you know, we started a piece together, the guy, you know, things just like you guys, you know, Shabarrow, whatever. And is basically just like, I'm just one of them giving you a heads up out of respect. And then Jay goes like off on him.
0: We've never seen him this fired up.
1: No, he's like, you know, Void's innocent. I, you know, basically I'll take that to my grief, you know, blah blah blah, like out of respect. Like, how is this respectful? You know, just like all these things. But Jay goes like off on him.
0: When he was like, Okay, you can go
1: to hell, I was like,
0: Jay, oh my
1: goodness. I was like, I love it. Jay in charge, this is great. Um, and so he like gets back from meeting Turkaloo and basically pulls everyone minus Voight aside and like they tells him everything that he knows and basically he's like I just want you guys to have all the information and so that we can like move forward with this like as a team and they basically all decide to stand by Voight no matter what because Kev's like yeah I'm not stealing or standing with a guy from Homicide so like fuck that Yeah. Um, and then we get like one of the biggest scenes of the episode and Jay confronts Void about it.
0: Jay, man, I, Jay's got balls. Okay, like I, uh, yeah, the yeah. way that Jay is not afraid to like get in front of Void, I'm just like, man, uh, I commend yeah. you for your bravery.
1: Although Void thinks he should be, because Void's like, watch yourself, and it's just like. Dude, he's just asking for the truth. Like, seriously? Like, we're going to go with this?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think Voight should respect that Jay is just, like, you know, Jay is not willing to beat around the bush. I, I When he said that, he's like, watch yourself. I'm like, seriously right now? Really?
1: Right. And so then Jay, you know, asks him all the questions. He's like, well, why were your fingerprints, like, found on the scene? Like, you know, whatever. And Voight's like, oh, I was there the day before, you know, trying to talk to Kel, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. Um... And Jay's like, So where were you? And, or what were you doing? And Boyd tells him, He's like, I took Antonio to rehab. And it was like, Wait, what? What? And he's like, Yeah, like I didn't tell the others because it was between me and him. Like it shouldn't have been, it's not anyone else's business. And I'm like, You're out here letting intelligence think that Antonio's missing. How is it not anyone else's business? Yeah, he's sort of lied by omission. Like, granted, the, the
0: question earlier in the episode technically was, have you heard from Antonio? Which if he hadn't, he hadn't. But by letting everybody speculate, that I mean, that's kind of lying by omission. But then also when he asked Jay, have you heard from Antonio? Like, have Ruzik go look for him. Why, if you think Antonio's at rehab, why are you having Adam go look for him?
1: Right, I mean, I guess Adam just needs something to do, but, like, it's just, like, I don't know, like, what I understand that it's not everyone's in business, but shouldn't you say, like, oh, I've heard from him, he's safe? I'm not telling you, saying you have to tell him that he's in rehab, but, like, still. Yeah, and, I mean, this just goes back to,
0: I am just not a fan of Void's leadership style. I'm just not, and I mean, again, this is why I could never work for him, but... The, the way that he just expects everyone to blindly follow, I'm like, that's not healthy. But they do, with that said, I mean, I don't know. I just have, I have feelings that I haven't quite sorted, but I just, avoid baffles me.
1: Yeah, it just, I don't know. And I feel like it always comes more to the forefront, though, when he and Jay don't agree. Right. Right. Like, Yeah. And so then Jay even says, you know, he's like, whatever. He, or Jay says, he's like, I had to ask. And Voight's like, no, you didn't. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Just so, and again, you always say, what does Voight say? Tell me the truth so that I can lie for you. And not that anyone has to lie in this case because Voight didn't do anything. But, like, same principle. Like, tell me the truth so that I can then, like, know how to react to everyone else's, like, comments on your what you're doing
0: and it's not a one-way street and i think that's what or it's, it's a one-way street and i think that's what kills me is that he expects everybody to tell him the truth but then he won't tell them the truth right i have a problem with that
1: yeah so trudy ends up digging through some files and she basically found the names of three more cops that were involved in the raid and one of them, you know, two of them are fine. no big deal, whatever. But then there's the third guy, David Baker. And he was apparently kicked off the force a year after the raid in 2016 for stealing from offenders. And so Jay and Boyd then go to Baker's place. And he's apparently died two weeks ago from a heart attack. And his landlord tells them that she'd been looking for people to, you know, come take his stuff. He doesn't really have family around, whatever. But that she finally found someone to take his stuff. Because they were like oh can we go see like look in there and she's like no I finally found someone like it's that woman cop that's been paying his rent like she came by and cleaned out his place. Turns out this woman cop that came by and cleaned his place and that he was like involved with is Brennan. And all Voight says he's like I'll, he tells Jay he's like I'll take it from here. Okay. Again typical Voight things. Whatever.
0: Yeah. Only this so time cool, Jay's like no. But...
1: Yeah. Yeah. So Voight goes to see Brennan and, you know, they have this conversation and he's like, I came here as a friend and, you know, they're talking it out or whatever. And he's like trying to convince Brennan to like turn herself in. Obviously, it'll go better that way, et cetera, et cetera. And she's like, if you're going to take me down for a murder, like you better have more than a theory. And so, like, Boyd agrees to give Brennan an hour, but obviously Haley and Jay don't know that. So Jay, Haley and Jay are, like, sitting outside Brennan's house, and, like, they see Boyd walk out, and they're like, what the fuck is he doing? Like, why didn't he arrest her? And so Jay's like, I'm going in. And Haley's like, I don't know about And Jay's like, nope, I'm going in. And Jay, you know, ends up busting in and seeing Brennan has this, like, gun to her throat. She was going to commit suicide. She wasn't going to turn herself in. She was going to take the coward's way out. And so Jay brings Brennan back to the district. You know, Trudy takes her or whatever. And then he and Boyd get into it again. And Boyd is pissed. He was like, it's her choice, Jay. If she wants to put a bullet under her chin and full blues, like, that's her right. It's her call. Oh, man. I don't know if I really believe that. I don't know if I, yeah.
0: Yeah. That's, it's an interesting one because we've seen this happen before, right? We saw this last season with, uh, I don't even remember his name, but it was, like, a, a cop that Voight knew, and it was, like, he was, oh, like... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't even remember the circumstances, but we saw this last season. And so Voight was, like, I'm going to give you an hour to get your things together, and then we heard, we heard the gun. Mm-hmm. I, I don't... Dis- I, how do I say this, like, carefully? I understand what Voight is doing when he does that. It's his way of saying, OK, you did something wrong and I'm giving you the chance to either, you know, do what you want or I'm bringing you in. It's it's kind of in line with how Voit operates. He's kind it, it's like, you know, him saying, OK, well, you know, you're going to either disappear and get out of Chicago or, you know, you're going to kind of handle it in whatever way you want to or justice is going to take take over. I don't, I don't necessarily disagree with it. It's it's a, it's a weird, it's a weird place. It's a weird area.
1: I think for me, though, the thing that, like, bothers me about it is that, like, I don't disagree in theory with that, like, it is her choice and if she wants to take the coward's way out, like, okay, but, like, as a cop you're supposed to pursue justice. And by pursuing justice, he would have just immediately taken her in. I just, I, that that part to me is like, what doesn't make sense? Like as a cop.
0: Well, but as a cop, aren't you supposed to have like a crystal clear, perfect view of justice? Every cop in Chicago has a perverted sense of it. You know, like Voight believes in justice. It's just his own crazy ass form of it.
1: Right. I don't know. I just feel like as a cop, he should have, Whatever. But, yeah, I guess it's Voight. Like, Voight has some perverted way of seeing, you know, justice. But – and he even says, you know – Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Maybe, you know,
0: in – maybe Voight doesn't believe – fully believe in the justice system. And so that's why he gives these people a way out is because he understands what the job can do to them. And maybe that's why he did that with that guy last season. And that's why he did that with Kate.
1: Maybe. I don't know. But so Boyd then tells Jay, he's like, if you don't trust me, Jay, like the way I do business concerns you, then like get the hell out.
0: Excuse you, Voight.
1: Okay, Voight. Okay, Voight.
0: I agree with, I, I don't disagree with him giving Kate an hour to get her things together. I do disagree with how pissed off he is over Jay, you know, kind of deep diving and wanting to vet him and make sure that he, he didn't do it.
1: Yeah. I feel like this is going to be the season of Jay and Voight against each other. And, like, I I just have a feeling. I don't want that. I don't want that either. I don't want it.
0: Especially like, what when- happened
1: to- I just was just going to say, like, what happened to the season finale where you were basically turning over the unit to Jay? Like, why now is it like?
0: Yeah, that was so weird to me that in one episode, he's like, you're going to run this unit someday. And in the next episode, he's like, you can get the hell out. Which yeah. is
1: it? Right. Like, Jay hasn't changed. Jay's always known that, like, he's always kind of been skeptical of, you know, boy, et cetera, et cetera. Like, I don't I don't know. Yeah. Nothing changed. Uh, crazy. Yeah.
0: I don't know. And Voight and J. Butting heads. The season is going to be so hard because, like you said, intelligence is so much smaller now.
1: Yeah. It. it there is four. I mean, it grows. And we know that, like, obviously, it comes back. And they have the new girl. <laughs> but right now, it is four people. Right. That's it.
0: She's. I'm just glad nobody
1: died in this episode. Yeah, thank God. That was a nice change of pace. (laughs) It
0: was. You know it was a doozy of a night when PD is the easiest hour of the three.
1: Yeah. It's a doozy of a night, man. That's the one way. That's a perfect way to (laughs) say.
0: Any other thoughts about these season premieres?
1: I mean, I'm excited. I'm excited to see, you know, like what happens and yeah, no, I'm really excited.
0: I'm excited and nervous and you know, just the usual, the usual season premiere feelings.
1: Oh, yeah. Definitely. Um but yeah, I'm excited for everything. I thought they I thought they were all pretty good episodes. I, I mean, I hate I hate what happens in some of them, but in terms of like episodes of television, i thought they were all pretty great.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's going to be a wild ride. Yeah, for sure. So that's about all we've got for tonight, guys. Thanks for sticking with us all these hours after the premieres. I know you're probably tired and emotionally drained and want to curl up in a corner and cry and cry and cry over Otis. Um, But, yeah, you guys know where to find us. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr. Meet us at Molly's right across the board. Email us anytime about anything. Meet us at Molly's at gmail.com. Don't forget we've got a Public store. You can get your own merch and all sorts of designs. Stickers, mugs, shirts, all sorts of cool stuff. Um, Follow us individually on Twitter. I am at TV. Bryna?
1: I'm at BrynaK13. And
0: that's all we've got. So... You guys have a good weekend, and we will see you next week. Bye. Well, I will
1: see you next oh, week. Oh,
0: yeah, Bryna, Bryna will see you next week. I am actually going to be in Germany. So you will see Bryna, but you will not see me. Um, yeah, so I will see you guys in about two weeks. Yeah. But, yeah, Bryna will see you next week. So bye, guys. <laughs>